You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I am a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus. And of course, I am your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. And today's episode is an exciting one. It is another episode that is going to cover our Big Board Thursday. That is a segment that I introduced last week, I believe it was, and I got to dig through at least three or four more prospects tape coming up in this draft class. So that's going to be fun to break down with you guys. And we are going to talk about that in the first segment. And then in the second and third segment, I'm going to cover two articles that were written on the draft network by Alexis Mancinares. She wrote about three offensive free agents that the Rams should target and three defensive free agents that the Rams should target. And I'm going to kind of make my claim as to whether I think they are good fits, whether they make sense whether the Rams could afford them and all that kind of stuff. We're going to cover all of that in the second and third segment. But I did mention in the first segment, we are going to continue with our big board Thursday. I got to watch four more prospects and I'm going to break it down going from the top to the bottom. This is how the current big board ranks for the Los Angeles Rams. And beginning at the top is center Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. He is a new prospect that I just watched and he takes the top spot. Number two, Left tackle, Dylan Reduns out of North Dakota State. Number three, Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Number four, linebacker, Jabril Cox out of LSU. Number five, edge rusher, Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. Number six, linebacker, Dylan Moses out of Alabama. And seven, edge rusher, Rashad Weaver out of Penn State. And number eight is the final name on this list, edge rusher, Joseph Osai out of Texas. That concludes the eight players that I've watched so far, and we're going to only go over the names that I just recently got to watch. And we have to begin with the top name. That is Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama. Now, he has a very extensive injury history, and we have to look at that as a potential big negative. It's going to be part of the reason why he may be available at pick 57 for the Rams, because otherwise there's pretty much no chance that he's available all the way at pick 57. He's probably the best center in this class. I think most people would say that. A uh, very talented player, though he's had very many injuries going back to his time with Florida State, and he just tore his ACL late in the season with Alabama. So his rookie season, or at least the beginning of his rookie season, quite a question mark. But man, when you talk about a guy with a lot of raw power, he has a great anchor, great ability to recover. He's got ox-like power, and he's got very good ability to win with his positioning very good in the running game very good as a pass protector he looks for work he stops defensive linemen in their tracks like an absolute wall the guy fights for hand positioning each rep I think he would be a shoe-in for pick number 57 for the Rams he has the ability to do everything you see the reach blocks on tape he looks for work he gets great power and torque from his lower half very good play strength He can block in a man scheme, a zone scheme. He can do everything. He would be the ideal situation for the Rams, though the medicals obviously need to check out in his regard. The next player that I recently got to watch was linebacker Jabril Cox out of LSU. I really enjoyed Cox's game. Now, he was a guy that was at the Senior Bowl, like Dickerson, like a lot of the other names on this list, and he actually used to play for North Dakota State, but I think he was a graduate transfer to LSU and played there this past season. Very talented player. I think his calling card is his coverage ability. Very smooth mover in space. He can go left to right, east to west, 
sideline to sideline, all that good stuff. He had a lot of reps where he was actually covering the slot receiver, whether that be a tight end or a slot. Um, and he's a little bit timid in terms of his run defense. He's not going to, you know, smash his face into guards and bang with fullbacks all game and be your prototypical old school Mike linebacker. But if you have the ability to keep him clean, let him sort of play that will linebacker spot, let him just roam, make plays and specifically just drop into coverage and spot drop in zone coverage. He has the potential to be one of the best linebackers in this class. And I think he could be a very valuable weapon for a professional team because at the end of the day, you need to stop the pass. And this is one of the best linebackers when it comes to stopping the pass. And you don't even need to look any further than his senior bowl reps. He was by far and away the best linebacker in coverage there. The next name that I got to watch was edge rusher Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. And if you do recall that name, it's because I did draft him, I believe with my first pick in Monday's episode, the mock draft Monday segment. And I actually want to retract one of my statements. I did say that he could improve his game against the run. But now that I got to watch him, I thought his performance against the run was one of his best abilities as an edge rusher. Now, you know, he doesn't win with overpowering strength or, you know, just straight animal instinct. He does win with positioning, speed, and, you know, lightning quick ability to cross the face of tackles, offensive tackles, you know, tight ends, whoever it may be that's blocking him. That's how he wins in the running game. Now, talking about his pass rushing prowess, you know, I think there is a little bit to be desired there. And that makes sense because pass rushers that are dominant pass rushers are going to go in the top 10, top 15. Though I do think he brings a bit to the table. He has a little bit of flex Uh, He's got some hand usage. I've seen a bunch of counters on his tape, so that excites me. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't know what kind of sack artist he can be. I don't know if he's a consistent double-digit sack guy or if he's just a effort player in the passing game that, you know, contributes as a run defender as well and is an all-around player that still needs to develop some of those pass rushing moves as well as that prowess to actually get after quarterbacks and haunt them in their dreams, so to speak. So a talented player, he does rank above Weaver and Osai for me, but not high enough to where, you know, he's going to be at the very top of my list. The last name that I watched here is linebacker Dylan Moses out of Alabama, who comes in right behind Perkins and right above Weaver and Osai. And he's going to be a very popular name for a lot of Rams fans. A lot of mock drafts are going to slot him to the Rams. And I think for good reason. Now, you know, he was a very talented player coming out of Alabama. He did have a torn ACL, I believe in 2019, which knocked him out of that season. And a lot of people do think that it messed with his post, you know, surgery performances as in this past season they thought that you know he could have been a much better player had that not occurred and that in 2018 he had a lot better tape and I somewhat agree but at the same time you know he is sort of timid like Cox and I don't think he has as much coverage ability but at the same time I think he's a very good flat defender I do think he can spot drop and zone a little bit it's not going to be the major strength of his game but he definitely has that ability he has a lot of nice reps where you know he has great tackling form he wraps up guys in space But at the same time, he's just not a guy who's going to stack and shed all day. And like Cox, he's a guy you're going to want to try and keep clean as much as possible, especially because these guys just aren't all that physical like your prototypical middle linebackers were 20 or 30 years ago. And I am glad that I get to end off on that note because we are going to dive into the three offensive and three defensive free agents that the Los Angeles Rams should target according to the draft network. And one of those guys was, of course, an inside linebacker. Someone that Rams fans should know very well because he did play in the division for many, many years. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Folks, are you having any car troubles? 
you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or that your car won't even start, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. They are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That is two decades. As we know, there is no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this whole strange COVID-related stuff that we have going on in the world today. And if you are a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, you need to check out Rock Auto. Just go to their website, check out all of their available parts. It's a never-ending list. And if your car needs it, they've probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. February's Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protests in sports across leagues. Then, tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports. What's been achieved and the important work left to be done all in discussion on the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Thursday edition of your favorite Los Angeles Rams podcast. This is the Locked On Rams podcast, and I am your host, Sosa Cremendous. So I want to dive into this article from Alexis Mancinares. She did highlight three offensive and three defensive free agents that the Rams should target in free agency coming up here in a few short weeks. And we are going to talk about the offensive players first. And I don't think they're going to really surprise anyone when it comes to the positional outlook, at least. But some of the names are a little bit unique, I guess, because most people probably aren't mentioning them as potential ramps. So we will begin with Joe Looney, the center from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I do think Joe Looney could be an option for the Rams. He is a guy that's almost 31 years old. He will be going into the season as a 31-year-old player. He's been with the Dallas Cowboys for going on five or six seasons, at least the past five or six seasons, as a reserve offensive lineman, a backup guard slash center, and the most of his time came at center. But this past season, he did get a lot more reps with the whole you know, questionable offensive line that the Cowboys had, a lot of injuries, as well as Travis Frederick retiring kind of suddenly, I guess you could say. So Looney did get 764 snaps this past season, which was obviously a very big amount. And the second most in his career dating back to that 2018 season where he had 1,208 reps. So a guy with a lot of experience now, some as a starter, some as a backup. And he's never really graded out all that well, according to PFF. He's had grades in the 50s over the last three seasons and 60s in 2017 and 2016, which are probably the highlights of his career. Now, I do understand the ad for the Rams here because Looney is a cost-effective player that they could slot in at that center spot, specifically if Austin Blythe does walk in free agency. But at the end of the day, I think when you look at it from a grander perspective, why would the Rams just not re-sign Austin Blythe? I mean, I do think Austin Blythe is a much more effective player than Joe Looney is. And, you know, the price tag between the two is probably not going to be all that different. I do think Joe Looney just had a contract for a one-year $2.4 million deal. And Austin Blythe was in the four, maybe $5 million range. So, you know, I do think that difference in money there does equate to the difference in talent. And ultimately, I think the Rams would be wiser to just re-sign Austin Blythe. Though I do think, you know, that is a decent potential addition for the Rams on the offensive line. The next name is somebody I have mentioned multiple times on this podcast, as well as my Twitter. 
Wide receiver John Ross, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals, a former top 10 draft pick, a guy I loved coming out of Washington, the do-it-all style of receiver, okay? This is a guy that can make plays with the ball in his hand. He can work vertical and take the top off the defense. If you don't recall, he had the fastest 40-yard time ever at the NFL Combine, so you better believe he's capable of making big plays. He does have punt return ability as well, more so dating back to college. That's where you know he did a lot of damage, though I do think he does have at least a couple of reps as a punt returner in the NFL for the Bengals. Now, the Bengals have been pretty much a disaster offensively over the last four seasons since John Ross was drafted. Uh, we're talking about a team that has not exactly been, you know, some sort of offensive juggernaut. And then you look at Marvin Lewis, the former head coach. I mean, he refused to play the guy for like a good season or two, and that's not going to help anyone's development. Then there was the discussion of actually moving John Ross to cornerback. I mean, the Bengals could not have done a worse job at trying to develop a potent talent like John Ross, even though they drafted him, they clearly had absolutely no plan what they were going to do with this guy. And ultimately now, you know, he's going to find his way to free agency. He asked for a trade last season. The Bengals did not grant that, I guess. And that relationship was clearly beyond repair. And so now I think somebody has the potential to go get a player that could be fantastic. And the Rams are looking for a receiver that has the exact same skill set as a guy like John Ross. Create yardage with the ball in your hands, first of all. Second of all, take the top off the defense. That is by far the biggest need for the Rams in the receiving course. Somebody who can work vertical. And then to double down as a punt returner or kick returner, a return man with some potent ability. I think he checks all the boxes for the Rams. And when you consider the fact that he doesn't really have much production to his name, he could be considered a draft bust. He's probably not going to be very expensive. And if there is a place for him to you know, come into and actually get a chance to rehab his value, put together a very strong season and, you know, play with a quarterback who wants to throw the ball deep, AKA Matthew Stafford, you know, the fit makes way too much sense. In my opinion, I think the Rams would be very wise to go get a guy like John Ross. And I do think that John Ross should look to go play with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. The final name on this offensive list is guard John Miller of the Carolina Panthers. And I know a lot of Rams fans actually wanted Miller a few years ago when he was with the Buffalo Bills. I believe he had some previous exposure with a guy like Aaron Cromer, who was the former offensive line coach, who is now obviously no longer with the Rams. He actually just departed like a week or two ago, so still fresh. But, you know, I don't think Miller is a great option for the Rams. He's a guy who's a veteran. He's closing in on 28 years old for the season. And I just don't know if he offers a legitimate option as an upgrade for either guard spot, you know. I look at David Edwards at left guard, Austin Corbett at right guard, solid players, not very established, and you certainly could upgrade on those guys, but I don't think John Miller is the guy that is essentially an upgrade on either of them. I think the Rams would be wiser to either just roll with them or find something in the budget where they can actually go get a legitimate player, maybe someone like a Gabe Jackson who was literally just released yesterday by the Las Vegas Raiders. That would be a significant upgrade or a guy like Trey Turner who may get cut by the Carolina Panthers, but I don't think Miller would be a wise choice for the Rams because I just don't think he's an upgrade at this point in time. And I do think they would be better served to spend that money elsewhere and they could spend that money on the defensive side of the ball. And that is what we are going to highlight on the next segment. We're going to talk about Alexis's choices 
three specific to the Los Angeles Rams on the defensive side of the ball. And while we've got you, make sure to keep checking back in with us at the Locked on Rams podcast when we continue our offseason coverage for your favorite football team, the Los Angeles Rams. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline even has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just go ahead to the website right now, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Thursdays on Locked On NFL are a must-listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Lisko break down teams across the NFL from an analytics and team-building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. As always, as always, you guys know the deal. I appreciate you guys greatly for sticking around this long with me, going through another episode with me, and we are going to highlight the three defensive players that Alexis did drop for the Rams here to potentially look out for. And I do agree on some of them, at least one of them specifically. And I think most people are ready to at least highlight this guy as a potential option for the Rams in this free agent period. And that is former Washington football defensive end, Ryan Kerrigan. I feel like every single season over the last three years, probably, I have thought that Ryan Kerrigan could end up as a Ram. Going back to trade deadlines, going back to the off seasons, if the Washington football team ever considered cutting him, all of that stuff. And it's finally coming to fruition. Ryan Kerrigan is finally going to reach the free agent market for the first time in his career after kind of having a terrible season with the Washington football team last year. They didn't really use him. He's clearly looking to take his starting role back. You know, it's not going to happen with Washington because they have so many good players on that defensive line. He was replaced by Chase Young, a former top two overall pick. Montez Sweat, another first round pick. And then the bevy of defensive tackles and interior defensive linemen that the Washington team has. So Ryan Kerrigan is finally going to hit the market. He has plenty of experience with Sean McVay. He has, I think, some experience with Raheem Morris as well. And not only that, but this is a guy who could come in, provide a lot of veteran leadership for the team, sort of like a Clay Matthews from two seasons ago, except Ryan Kerrigan, I think, has a lot more in the tank as a pass rusher at this point in time than Clay Matthews did in 2019 when he joined the Rams. And I think ultimately Kerrigan would be a solid move if the Rams can't find a way to bring back Leonard Floyd. Now, you know, Ryan Kerrigan would probably have to take a little bit less in terms of money. And I think he would probably be willing to do that just considering the fact that he hasn't really played in any meaningful football games. And I'm sure that he would love to go ring chasing or, you know, at least get an opportunity to start again and potentially rack up some of those numbers in terms of these sacks and things like that pressures. And there's no better way to do that than playing next to number 99, Mr. Aaron Donald, the GOAT. Let's put some respect on this man's name. He has made Dante Fowler an absolute bag. He has made Leonard Floyd going on here an absolute bag, or you know, at least I think he will. You look at guys like Michael Brockers. So many players are getting paid because of this dude. So why the hell would you not want to come play next to him? I think every single pass rusher on the open market that's looking to ring chase, that's looking to settle for a short one-year or two-year deal, a short-term type of deal, 
should 100% have the Rams at the top of their mark. And that is why I do think Ryan Kerrigan could very legitimately end up as a Ram going into next season. The next name is off-ball linebacker, inside linebacker, KJ Wright, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, KJ Wright would be a tremendous addition. Let me begin by saying that. There's no doubt about it. KJ Wright has been in the NFL for like a decade now, has been a tremendous linebacker pretty much every single season throughout his career. One of the most underrated players in the league. I have seen it with my own two eyes two times a year, three times a year, even going back to this past season. This dude is a tremendous player. Now, I don't think he's ever played in a 3-4, so that's a potential issue. Not really all that big of an issue, but I do think the biggest issue here is that KJ Wright wants money. You know, he was asked recently by, I don't exactly know who, probably someone in the Seahawks media realm that, you know, if he was interested in taking less money, a hometown discount, so to speak, to go back to Seattle And he said the exact opposite. He actually said, no, I want a hometown bag. I mean, I put my body on the line for this franchise, for the city, for my teammates for, you know, upwards of a decade now. I don't want to settle for less money. I want to be rewarded. And I completely agree. This is a guy who is probably not going to see many more paydays in his career. I think he's probably around 30 years old right now. And, you know, this could be his very last opportunity to go get a big multi-year deal. So, I just don't see the Rams being able to afford him. Now, you know, I would love to have a talent like KJ Wright playing for the Los Angeles Rams. I think he would be a major, major upgrade at that inside linebacker spot, but I just don't think that he's going to be a legitimate option for the Rams in free agency. The last name to look at here that is highlighted by Alexis is former Cincinnati Bengals cornerback Mackenzie Alexander. And ironically enough, he is the second Bengal to make this list. Now, I do think Alexander is a potential option. He did spend four years with the Minnesota Vikings to begin his career, signed with the Cincinnati Bengals this past season in what was a bit of a weird season for him. Now, um, ultimately, you know, he's going to hit the free agent market once again here, and he's a solid player. You know, I view him as a Troy Hill type of player. He's not going to take the top off of your defense. He's not going to bring that, you know, very good defense to the elite here. He's not going to have that big of an impact. But at the same time, if the Rams cannot bring back a guy like Troy Hill or ultimately just let him walk because he's priced out of their range, I would love to see a guy like Mackenzie Alexander be brought in at his best, in my opinion, is in the slot in that nickel spot. And that is exactly where Troy Hill plays. You know, Mackenzie Alexander is a guy that has been pretty consistent over the course of his career. When you look at the yards allowed per reception, according to Pro Football Focus, the last three years, this past year, 9.5, 2019, 9.2, 2018, 9.6. So, you know, this is a guy who's very consistent. You look at the passer rating allowed, 87 this past year, 90.2 in 2019, 85.6 in 2018. So clearly a guy who plays pretty well. You know, he's not a tremendous elite talent by any means, but a very consistent player, someone you can trust, someone who's going to give you pretty much the same thing week in, week out, season in, season out. And ultimately, if the Rams can't bring back Troy Hill, I would view Mackenzie Alexander as a potential depth signing or, you know, replacement level starter at that nickel spot if the Rams ultimately do elect to go address that position in free agency. That is all we got for you guys on this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. You guys know the deal by now. As always, I appreciate you guys greatly for sticking with me for another episode of your favorite Los Angeles Rams related podcast. And please make sure to keep coming back to me here at the Locked on Rams pod 
We're going to continue our off-season coverage of the Los Angeles Rams all off-season long. And just a reminder, you can find me on Twitter at QBsMVP, and you can find the page at LockedOnRams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.